Hello, I'm Christina Glickman and welcome to Extra Life and Style Unscripted, the podcast. This show and my energy are like Oprah's Super Soul Sunday meets Gucci Love Parade. If you love that, I think you'll love this show. We'll talk about entrepreneurship, fashion, edgy motherhood, aging, everything in between to shift your energy into greater possibility for a life unscripted. Because after all, I built this show for you, for us. Let's go. This is a Soul Fire production. In this episode, I talk about five things I wish someone told me about being a mother. And the bar isn't high here, folks. If anything, it's a constant reminder to me how we make life so hard on ourselves. And that given the chance to rake ourselves over the coals about the tiniest thing with our kids, we're really good at that. So in this episode, I share a few thoughts on what I wish I would have known and my wish for you and for us on this motherhood ride. And don't forget, the Extra Love Army doors are open for any new members. You can always go to my Instagram at Christina Glickman to join us, find out more about what we do in this incredibly special community, or send me a DM. If you know me, I'll always respond. Also, it would mean so much to me and the show if you'd subscribe, leave a review for the podcast. It's how we reach more amazing people like you. So let's get into it. Hello, Extra Love Army. In today's episode, I want to talk about things I wish I knew when I was becoming a mother, being a mother, and just the whole dang journey, really. Now, this will sway from some serious wishes that I knew to some small, but they all add up because I truly believe that cumulatively, it's all these small actions that come together that make us feel one way or another about our job or our role, or as I like to say, my life's work as a mother. And that's just so very big, right? We're in constant, I think, of a state of reflection of are we doing a good job? Are we doing a bad job? And how did that end up you know, hurting them, helping them? Did I do a great job today? Maybe not as great as last week, or I'm not feeling so awesome. It's a constant flux of emotions. Man, oh man. I always say this incredible gift of motherhood is as rewarding as it is challenging. And no matter if you're listening to this and you don't have kids or you're getting pregnant or you're trying or you have a newborn, you have one kid or five, I think a lot of these feelings are relevant to how we treat ourselves when we're trying to do the very best job that we can. So if you're listening to this and motherhood isn't the sentence, put something else in there because it's still relevant. How we put so much weight and validation into what others think about how we're doing on such a job. It's all so big. So let's get into it. And in this order, no way. Because if you know me, I sort of press record and talk. So the topic of, you know, five things I wish someone would have told me about motherhood, is just going to come from my gut. And the very first thing I think of, number one, your kid won't die or not have the opportunity to become the next president if you don't breastfeed. I tortured myself with this one. For some women, this is easy. Others, it's a struggle. But bottom line, not only is it no one else's business, but the shame that we carry for did you breastfeed? How long did you freeze it for 100 years after? The list goes on. Now, here's the sad part. Forget about, not forget, but the health and nutrition, why it's good. And I'm actually not here to talk about any of that. But the reality is, is I robbed myself of many moments 
in rider and racer's first year of life trying to get it right, stressing about it, feeling bad about myself. So instead of enjoying long walks in a stroller, I would cry in a chair for hours on end, holding a baby that was hungry and not getting enough, putting them on a scale to see if they got enough milk from me. And if they didn't, then I thought they were going to die because they were hungry. It just never ended. And I learned the hard way that number one, mama comes first. If I am a wreck, my baby's a mess. And so by the time Rocket B came, I'll never forget we were in the hospital room and the nurses come in and they ask for the liquid gold. And most of you will know what I mean by that. Even just a little, they say, just a little bit. And I said, nope, wrap these puppies up. We are closed for business. And I told myself, I will give this baby all the love and nutrition that she needs in another way. And I refuse to experience my last baby with anything less than ultimate joy. And we did. And so this lesson here is a reminder to me and for you to just do what's right for you, period, no one else, and that your kid is going to be fine. You know that, right? Okay, so number two, (laughs) I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, like be a yoga mat, not a volcano, because your energy, your actions, how you even breathe into your everyday will set the tone and mood for the whole house. Truly, it's not what you say, but what you do. Now, I know it's not that easy because we can't control other emotions of our kids, but get it in check as early as you can in your relationship as a mother because you don't want to have a tornado hurricane house in general. Now, if you have three boys running around your house, your energy is just going to be different and they're going to be playing hockey against the wall and doing their thing. I get it. But as mothers, we do have a choice of the energy we bring. And our kids want a reaction at all times, right? So it's kind of like being on high alert, which is really exhausting. But once I realized that they're playing off my reactions to everything, from sorry you can't have ice cream for breakfast. Well, actually, I probably would have allowed them to have that. I still do. So that's not a good example. But you get what I'm saying. To something bigger like making your child go somewhere that they don't want to, they thrive off of me. It's like a little test. My energy. So try to set an intention to be the calm in the house as best you can. And again, I've been there. I get this. It's not easy when you have a toddler screaming at the top of their lungs, you know, because they want a ball that's not theirs, or you have a newborn that is crying and and you just can't get it under control. I'm not suggesting it's easy, but if someone told me that I could diffuse more situations, even by 10%, by bringing more calm and acting, (laughs) like I was taking them to a yoga mat versus like an erupting volcano, I probably would have started that a little bit earlier. And even now, it's funny, people will come into our house and they'll say, gosh, your house is so calm. Your kids are so calm. And I don't mean that in in an arrogant way or that I have this like great household. I just mean we've worked really hard to have a calm and peaceful household. Doesn't mean we don't disagree or get into discussions or all the things, but in general, I learned that if I'm a fireball, my kids are a fireball. And even if your kids are already fireballs, you're just going to ignite them even more, right? So calming ourselves down. So even if it isn't, this isn't about your kids, it's just about our energy. But I think especially with kids, because they're looking to us to monitor their own um, nervous system, I think, right? Okay, number three, they say you raise your children for them to leave you. 
Okay, that is the suckiest cliche phrase I've ever heard. And whoever said it, I'm coming for you. No, just no. I don't want to raise you so well and then have you leave me. Like that blows. I want the fruits of my effort to live with you as an adult, a glorious adult that enjoys dinner conversations, discussions on politics and religion, spirituality. I have so much to learn from you and now you're leaving me? I'm sorry. Literally, like, screw you phrase. I don't like you, and I said it when they were little a lot. Like, oh, you raised them to leave you as if that would make me do a better job or possibly minimize the pain. But now that I have one that has left, one that's leaving, and two remain, I call massive BS on that phrase. That phrase can go take a hike. I would like an official revision here. You know, raise incredible humans that aren't assholes and have them move in next door to you forever. Thank you. Love, Christina. Okay, number four. I've said this before, but this is something that just conjures up an image to me about, um, and I apologize in advance, it's crude, but once you pee on a stick, you'll never sleep well again. And I joke, because I actually sleep really well, and I don't mean it as a death sentence for anyone on the heels of family planning. I just mean these little suckers are all consuming of our hearts and mind, and I don't think that there is another way. You know, bringing life into this world is watching your heart live outside of your body. And from the second you realize a tiny human is yours to create a life with, it's on. And I also want to be very clear. I say pee on a stick. You know what I mean. It's the same sentiment as the moment in time for some that is you get a call that your adoption has gone through or a surrogate said yes or your foster application went through. It's a moment in time that you know that you are responsible for a child. That's a big deal. So a forever sleep with one eye open in the most beautiful way, which I'm confident none of us would trade. And even though I say I wish someone would have told me the gravity of this, I'm not sure as I even share this with you if it would have made a difference. Some things we just have to walk through and experience for ourselves. And I recall working at my ad agency and touting the mother I thought I would be when I was, you know, 24 and 25, that I was going to be so balanced and not all absorbed and making sure I didn't lose myself. Well, guess what? I've completely lost myself. I have, and I will. Sometimes I find her, sometimes I bring her back. And I need to honor that every chapter and just know that I'm doing the best I can. And so are you. And that's enough. And that's really the chat here today, which is we are all told with great intention how to be a great mother, what to do, not do, stay home, don't stay home, get a sitter, never leave them at daycare, give them rice at six months, stay away from peanut butter for a year, let them have a sleepover, when to go on a date, when to get a phone. We're challenged every second with how we walk into this role and the cloud looms over us as that one wrong move may destroy them and any potential for their future. So number five is I wish someone had told me that the best way to show up for this motherhood gig was to just love on them. My job is to love on them. And I will make many mistakes, I still do, but my job is to give them a foundation of love so they feel secure and safe, that they can walk around in this world with as much self-esteem as possible. So my decisions are guided by that. And even when I make the wrong ones, which I do often, they know they are loved. Had I known that stopping breastfeeding or allowing my son to get a probably inappropriate video game too early on in his life was not going to halt the progress of them turning into a great kid. 
I wouldn't have had so many restless moments and shame and doubt and hiding behind my actions as a mother. Because if I just said to myself, I am mothering them through love and I'm doing the best I can and that has to be enough. So mamas, I see you. If you can release it, some of it, a tiny bit, your job is to love them. Not perfectly, not based on anyone else's standard of love and care, but yours. So let's enjoy this motherhood ride together because I'm confident it is the most glorious ride if we are lucky enough to experience it. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next week.